an album every other day. Yeah. Bro, I've been rapping to myself in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> I've been creating like, but I've been trying to like formulate my own raps, isn't it? And I've been like- You trying to rap? No, I just in my head, didn't it? I'm just trying Boys. to, yeah, I mean, practicing that. And Wait, like, the group who could do the MSK and I've been bar? Doing, so I've been like saying like a word and then a bar, yeah? Then like, I won't finish. I'll be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so I'll fill it out with the- uh, uh, uh. Uh, wait, does anyone here try freestyle to themselves? Because I do it sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I do it on a regs. Like regular, I just try freestyle to yeah, myself. Sometimes, yeah. I might rap um, over different beats, but so let's say I'm rapping a Wu Tang song, but I might rap it over a Nas beat. Oh, swear. <laughs> for some weird reason. Mm. So I might do Inspector Deck over It Ain't Hard to Tell for some reason, as long as it fits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of thing. I see why you're the biggest Nas fan. I just did it as an example. But sometimes I'll just take a word and I'll just start. No, I do that. Like if I see something, I'll just try freestyle it. I don't know why. I've been, like, that's just something I've always been trying to do. I'm shit, but mm. you know, we move. <laughs> I could have been a bad rapper, but that's another conversation. No, you could, you could not. I promise, on, I genuinely think I could have been the best rapper. I definitely could have. He's going to beat me, Shoy Horror. <laughs> I mean, if you did, you can never show your face. No, nah, I'll show you horror. One day I'm going to freestyle on this stuff. Yo, Shoy Horror's not beating me in a bad Why? Rapper. I just feel like it, right? Or Tony D. Do you need a beat? <laughs> nah, no beat. Acapella. Thank God. Yeah. What's going on, world? Welcome to episode sixty-three of the Rhymes Like Dimes podcast with your boys Peter. Yo, Mohammed. Yo, and myself, Yummy. Happy New Year from us. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, boys. Happy New Year. How team. we doing? Very well, bro. Very, very, very well. How oh, are you? I was like five berries. That was a lot of berries. It was a lot of berries, isn't it? New Year, new people. Overexcited. Um, potentially. It's been a long time coming. Though. I feel like I haven't. Seen I've you missed boys this man. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a month. I feel like that's all us three in the same room. I feel like it's like a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. Happy I missed you guys, man. You know what I'm saying? You know what? It's like, it's become a so wait, fixture. You, in... you missed me too. I mean, I saw you last week. So... No, I'm joking. I missed you too. <laughs> but you know, it's this become a fixture in our life. Yeah. And it just, when you go a month without it, you generally, I felt myself like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like a couple Saturdays have gone past. What am I doing? Very true. But we did have a well-deserved break over Christmas and overseas, all yes. that. So um, yeah, man, it's happy. we're very, very happy to be back. It's good to be back, ready to pod and all that. Boys, how were your Christmases? Good man. It was a very low key one, as always. Um, very chilled. Just ate, drank, and that drank. was pretty much it. Yeah, back on the booze. Are you back on the booze? Back on the booze. News alert. News alert. News alert. Yeah. That's breaking news. Yeah, yeah. Breaking back on news. the booze. Oh, what Mo? What you didn't know? I knew, but you, I didn't know you started oh, already. You didn't we left know. Out, yo. <laughs> <laughs> no, we left out. You're gonna go back on the booze. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't seen you. Yeah, it's yeah. been a It's been podding it. Yeah, it's been no, Christmas. I'm back on the booze now. Um, taking it easy though, as always. But yeah, yeah, it's cool, yeah. man. Before you said that, it sounded mad alcoholic. I know, but, right? Um, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it sounded a bit like should we help this guy? Yeah. Um, but good to hear. Good to hear. How was yours? It was good, man. Um, a weird one. So basically, over the Christmas period, I think it was the week we dropped our last episode, the uh, vid got me. Mm. The vid got me. It was the 15th. Ooh. And um, yeah, I was isolating all the way up to Christmas Day. That was fun. Um, Omicron is real. You was the Omicron only one waiting in, out of us three to get it. Yeah. It was pending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think it would get me. Yeah. Delta never got me, but then Omicron got me. Yeah. And I had aches everywhere. Oh god. I had like f- cold like symptoms. I was coughing, stuffy nose, all of that. I was getting like really mad sweats at night. Oh, you had it. Had I had it. Yeah, I, I, I had it. like that's a lot. I had it, had it. Um smell, taste, good. 
smell taste was good. It was just like cold symptoms more than like the traditional COVID, COVID systems that we've been used to. But um, yeah, man, feeling good now. Christmas is calm. I was with was with Mumsy. Um, we were just chilling, eating, watching Home Alone and stuff like that. <laughs> I was up until like, I don't know, three, four in the morning just with a bottle of, this is going to sound mad like alcoholic, but whatever. I was up until like three, four in the morning just in bed, just like listening to like music, just like rapping to myself. Were <laughs> <laughs> you drunk? Pretty drunk. He was picked off his head. <laughs> so Boxing Day was a bit of a, was a write-off, a complete write-off. But um, yeah, I mean, it was cool. It was very, very all right. Um, but, you know, happy that Christmas is out the way, to be honest. Yeah, we know Mohammed doesn't celebrate Christmas. No, nah, so not me. We won't ask that question. So how was your day on the 25th I do the December? same thing on Christmas. It's just basketball. They do five games from like two to three they in the morning. So what does, um, what does the Quran say about Christmas? Does it say anything at all? Not one thing. Okay. Um, no, nah, we just don't. Nah, just don't acknowledge pagan holiday. Isn't it? Yeah, we don't do it. Uh, essentially, so I just chill. I do the same. Literally every year, it's the same routine. They do yeah. five games of basketball. The best teams play each other. The kind of matches we're waiting for. Yeah. You just sit back and enjoy it. So what? Yeah, man, how are you gonna explain Christmas to your kids? Um, good question. I don't know. You know, mm. I think I might just like ride the wave of like, yeah, sure, white man, fat white man, Santa Claus, blah 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 blah. But when it gets to a certain point, I'll be like, yeah, that was all a lie. Um, <laughs> I said that because consumerism, <laughs> capitalism, and colonialism, <laughs> and all of the isms you can think of. Yeah, I think just give kids joy in it. Fine. You don't, you don't want, you don't want your kids to be the only kids that don't believe in Christmas That's, in amongst yeah. their, yeah, their yeah, classmates yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. Nah, man, let them ride the way for a bit. But when they get to an age where they understand it. I'd be like, yo, I paid for all that. That's, that's what I wrestle with. Like, how am I going to like explain it to my kids? Especially like with the information that I have about that, like, you know, pagan holidays and stuff. It's kind of like, do I ignore that and just let them be kids? Or do I, because I know better, educate them so that they know better. I'm going to just make them, let them be kids. Because you know what it is? You remember that episode that Everybody Hits Chris? Mm. Where instead of <laughs> celebrating Christmas, they celebrated Kwanzaa. <laughs> them kids were, they were, I, they were not having a good time. I'm not doing Kwanzaa. They, they weren't happy. You're not going to do Kwanzaa. Do you know what? I could do the Christmas without the symbolism. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So I won't really have the trees up. I'll get present. But that day means something still. Um, it's just family time. Yeah, no, no, that's what I'm saying. You could do it, no, man, but like, that- the that's, that's the only thing that I really love. Like, I enjoy family time, so yeah. I hear that. Well, to keep it rap, what's your favorite rap Christmas song, if you have one? Um, rap Christmas. What's the outcast tune? Do, 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 Players Ball. Is that a Christmas song? Yeah. Was that really a Christmas song? Yeah, it was supposed to be. Fair. Yeah, me all shows. Um, I mean, Run DMC, Christmas on Hollis is, is a great one. Run the Jewels, did, I think it was a fucking Christmas miracle. That's great too. But um, yeah, man, good to hear that you guys are well. Yes. And all yes. that stuff. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Um, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we are now on Amazon Music. So thank you to all the Amazon Music listeners. Sorry, mm-hmm. any. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if there's a thing. Oh, I was gonna say do the round of applause, man. I don't even know if we don't can. Don't even have it. Do we not have it? No, I don't think so. For another day, innit? Just <laughs> clap, clap to the mic, innit? Just clap, clap for ourselves. Come on now, be clap, bro. We're on, Ap- we're on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, me. We're on Amazon Prime, so yeah. Thank you, thank you, Jeff. Thank you, thank you, Jeff Bezos, Mr. Bezos. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, thank you very much for listening. If you're new to the show, we're just three black boys from London, just chatting about this thing called rap that we love and we've grown up with. So we hope that you can join us for the ride. There's going to be a lot of like raised voices, a lot of arguments, um, a lot of philosophical questions, um, you know, a lot of debating about what a classic means. But you know, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll get to know that uh, within within time, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, we thank you very much for listening. We're just going to get straight to it, to be honest. So boys, start with Peter. It's obviously been a, it's been a while since we last potted. Yes. 
So what have you been listening to, bro? Um, so you guys have said that you're capping me at four albums or five albums. I said three. <laughs> Come on, man. I wanted to say- I said three. Read the group chat, bro. Three is- he definitely that, That's three. unreasonable. Let me do four. Fine. Five is really what we should be doing. Why? Because like we do top fives all the time. Do you know what I mean? Just, just makes sense, <laughs> doesn't it? Like three. That's not really giving me like a wide, it's not giving me a wide range of, you know, me showing my- Your vast musical versatility, is it? I mean, the idea of capping it to three is so that you can get into more detail about the ones that you really like. Let me do five. Do your five, Pete. Go on then. (laughs) Pete, bending the rules. (laughs) As always. Um, I discovered a young lady um, who goes by the name of, it's a weird name, it's called Art School Girlfriend. Um, I was watching a show on BBC um, and the song was playing in the background. I'm trying to remember the name of the program, but I can't, it's escaping me. Um, And I shazammed it and I really enjoyed the song. Um, She dropped a song called Diving, um, which I really loved. So I just bought her album, um, which is called, um, Is It Like Where You Are? And I've been listening to that and I just think she's really, really talented. Um, So I've been checking that out. I've been listening to Nas, Nas and Hit Boy's album, uh, Magic as well, um, which I really, really love. Um, Nas, is, he should not still be rapping this well. Um, group, the group chat was mad the day that dropped. Yes, it was. Um, I've been listening to um, Kirby, her album known as Sis, He Wasn't The One. Dope album, dope R&B album for any R&B listeners out there. Um, Joyce Rice, Overgrown album, been listening to that as well. Um, and I've been listening to Currency and Alchemist, Covert Coop. Badman album. Yes, sir. Badman album. And, and that's my five. Thank you. So Two more than I asked. Mo? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I ain't got five because I keep to the rules. Thank you. But what I've, so I've, the recent album I listened to, the most recent was Corday's album that just dropped. Who's? Corday. Corday. I'm not mad at it at all. From, from Bird's Eye View. From Bird's Eye View. From what I've heard, I haven't properly sat with it. Um, briefly listened to about five or six songs off it. I'm not mad at it at all. The Stevie Wonder song goes hard for me. The one with her and Little Dirk so far. I've liked it. So the album so far to me has been outstanding. I do have one flaw on it, but we don't need to talk about it. Um, <laughs> there is just one outstanding flaw no, on the album. No, talk about it, bro. There's just a verse on that album that's very, 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 very mid. We'll take a little bit of time to talk about that verse. We're talking about Eminem, right? Yes, but we'll get to it later. That his verse on that album should have just, you know what Kanye West done to Soldier Boy when he had a verse on uh, Kanye's album. Kanye oh, was okay. like, "No, nah, it's not doing Cut it. it. He should have done Cut that it. Eminem." What 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 made um, the verse mid? It, I hated his flow. It took too long. Ryan Patton. I hate the way he was spitting. It was just now. You know what it is? It's the same thing with EPMD too. If you had just given him thirty-two bars, yeah, the verse would have been fine. I would even say it would it would have been good. But he just went on for too, too long. long. And it's just that rapidly rap, like, you know that flow when he just goes quick flow? Skippy. Yeah, Skippy. It's just like, it's yeah, saying man, a lot. That triple that. time flow that no yeah. one really cares about. But yeah, so Corday's album, Eminem's verse on it was whack. Um, I've also recently been doing where I, I've got about a few rappers whose discography I want to go through just to kind of remind myself on where I kind of rank them because I've got rankings, but it's been so long since I've gone back to the discography. It's like, I just want to make sure that I'm still correct about it. Mm. So I recently sat through uh, Rick Russell's album just to see how I feel about his. And right now I'm on Nas. So I've done Illmatic a couple of days ago. I'm on It Was Written Now. And I'm just going to hopefully by next month, next Friday, or next, the week after, clean through Nas's. Mm-hmm. Then I've got Biggie. So there's a few rappers whose discography I'm going to go through. You've got Tupac. 
too much on that list as well. But I go through his so often that, mm. like, I don't remember the last time I sat through Nas's disc- discography. Mm-hmm. Even though I know it, mm-hmm. I don't remember the last time I sat on it, it was written. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the last time I sat on Godson or anything like that. So he's the one I really want to do. So I picked Rick Ross was just for fun. Now I'm doing Nas to sit on and really. Can I tell you the Nas albums that you won't be sashing? No, I already know which ones I like. No, no, I already know. I'm not even doing that. No, I know which ones. Nas is on that list of people that will not receive slander from me. Yeah, no, because I just need to get out of the habit of doing it. You can't help it sometimes. But like, I know what I like and what I don't like already from Nas's discography. I just want to, you know, when you just want to reconnect with it and just Mm. feel how you feel. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm on, it was written right now. It was written on the way here. I hear that. I'm kind of on that wave as well. Um, But I'm trying to revisit like the first wave of Wu-Tang albums. So like Takao, mm. Only Beef Recovered Links, Iron Man, um, Return to the 36 Chambers, Liquid Swords. I had a run, like maybe it was like last week, where I was just listening to certain songs from those albums and just remembering, yo, these albums are dope. So mm. at some point I'm going to go through all of them again as well. Yeah, that's the thing so I'm going to capture. On a revisiting wave. But for me, um, I've been listening to Corday's album as well. Um, been listening to it since it dropped. Um, solid, solid album, man. I think Corday is getting better. The production on it is just, he he, he got out the big guns, man. Um he seems so comfortable and assured. And I, one thing I really love about Corday is his sincerity when he's rapping. Um, it's not the most like lyrical miracle, but you feel everything he talks about. He's clear, he's concise, he's very sincere, he's very considerate. Um, and I really love that about him. Like Sinister with Lil Wayne, man. Lil Wayne, yeah, man. Lil Wayne should only do guest features now. Yeah. I feel like. Because that's, that's one of the nicest verses I've heard from Wayne in. Yeah, he, 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 he tap danced all over that one. But generally front to back, dope, dope album. Very, very excited for Corday, man. And his future and just where he goes, man. So salute to him. Um, I also listened to another album that dropped um, recently, Earl Sweatshirt, uh, Sick. Um, 22 minutes. Earl Sweatshirt is known for his kind of dense lyrics, but I feel like he kind of simplified it a little bit more in this one. Um, I feel like from front to back is a really good project if you like your underground kind of kind of abstract rap but you get like really soulful production from the alchemist or you get like really hard hitting production by black noise um you know zalupas and arm and hammer did their thing on the guest features generally oh he's in that lane where he's always going to give you consistent work um even if you don't necessarily mess with it he's always going to give you like good 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 work even if it's not like you know 30 40 50 minutes long never really needs to be as anyway because in most of his songs most of the bars could fit like three or four songs anyway. So um, salute to Earl, really, really dope project. And lastly, I've been vibing to Gunner's new album, man. I was about to ask GS you. GS Forever. Um, yeah, man, I feel like, why are you looking at Mo? I didn't say a word. I was waiting, he I was looking at him though. He definitely looked at me. I didn't say a word. He, he looked, looked at him though. Can I not look at my boy? No, sir. He I haven't seen disgust. my boy in like over a month. No, he, listen, I saw your eyes roll, sir. He looked at me in disgust. Like I did not roll my eyes. I saw your eyes roll, sir. I did sir. not roll my eyes. Anyway, these are my choices, innit? What's Warner saying? I've been vibing to Gunner DS forever. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Gunner. I think I listened to, I think it was Dripper Drown 2, the one with Speed It Up. And I was like, eh, this kind of mid. It kind of just does the same thing over 14 tracks. But I guess with DS4, even though it kind of still does that, it was just a little bit more vibey. Like it was something you could just slap on, not take too seriously, have in the background while you're doing whatever. And it's just a vibe, man. Like that's kind of just what he does. I'm not looking for anything deep from him. If he does do something deep, that's cool. But you know, generally, if you're just trying to look for something to just like chill to and, you know, vibe to, then DS Forever is definitely that. Like 21 Savage gives you another dope verse. Um, Chloe Bailey, who allegedly gone as Dayton, um, does her thing. Um, even Kodak Black, like he's a little sus recently, but even he did his thing. So, you know, I can appreciate 
it for what it was. And he gave us the new phrase, that ain't P. That ain't and that's P. P. So you know, you know what I mean? And we're not talking about Peter. We're just talking about P. P. The P emoji. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Did he get into it with Freddie Gibbs? He did get into it with Freddie Gibbs. So the whole backstory with that is Freddie Gibbs, I think, started off by saying that he doesn't like snitch guys. And he alluded to the fact that, or the alleged fact that Gunner was snitching on like one of his friends on this show. I think, was it Crime Watchers? Yeah. Um, and Gunner was like, oh, that wasn't snitching. I was just on the show. And then Gunner has a line on his um, new album where he's like, I don't fuck with Freddie Gibbs, which obviously isn't the most sophisticated diss bar ever, but you know, it made the headlines. And Freddie Gibbs is just kind of enjoying this moment in the sun. He definitely is. So, you know, that's that. It's not going to go anywhere, but you know, first major rap beef of the year, if you want to call it that. So uh, salute to Freddie, salute to Gunner, and salute to everybody, man. Listen to it if you haven't already. And that list was P. That list was P. And we're going to put all of our choices um, in the description of the episode. So if you want to check out any of those choices, go true, go true. Before we start, um, the name of the program on BBC that I was referring to is The Girl Before. The Girl Before. Yeah, you guys should check it out too. Art School Girlfriend, yeah? Yes. Is it a show or? Yeah, probably. Uh, I, check it out. I think you really like it. I ain't, yeah, I have to check Psychological it. thriller. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Now we're talking. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. In that case, then, we'll move on to the first topic of 2022. Oh, fuck. Um, Pete, do you want to start this one off? Because this is something that you suggested. We're about to get into some old chicken shit. Yeah. <laughs> respectfully. Uh, no, it's not respectfully, but it's okay. <laughs> um, I, th- I resent the facts that you're making me start this. I feel like you're there's indirects there. You're trying to call me old. Not at all. Not at all. I just feel like you'd have a better job of uh, explaining this because, you know, you get more of it. You know yeah, I mean? I mean, essentially, um, you I, are. Just, I, just, I just wanted to understand and explore with you guys, I guess, why um, rappers from the 80s did not last as long as, say, rappers from the 90s and just compare and contrast and understand what, what, what happened really um so that's that's yeah that's what this topic is mm. um interesting i think for me like i think it starts with like just how we as a society just look at um aging right for some reason no matter what industry you're in it's just like everything seems, seems to be a young man a young woman's game in it so hip-hop and rap just falls in line with that um but i think if we want to get a bit like more techie i think it starts with like some of these rappers from the 80s just not really being able to adapt to like new sounds that were coming in that's what i think it is um a lot of the flows they weren't really able to adapt a lot of them was like keeping the same the same flows like these are the breaks what's that for what's that for the freaks come out at night Hey, um, hey, shout out Houdini. Shout out to Houdini for always, always, always. always, always. But, but when you go, I mean, when you look at rappers from the 80s and then you hear the sound that was in place then and then, you know, you transition into the 90s and you start seeing the sound that starts getting ushered in, like it, you could just see where there was a bit of a mismatch for the 80s rappers, I guess, trying to sound how they sound on 90s beats, for instance. And even how like, how they were sounding alongside the rappers being developed in the 90s as well. 
you could just hear that there was just like uh, something's not quite right here and i guess we found that listeners audiences were just leaning more towards the you know the the emergence of certain rappers and certain types of skills and sounds that were coming through in the 90s it was just very different from the 80s so i think that's where a lot of it came from but what do you what do you guys think i hear that mo do you want to go first yeah i just think there's a number of reasons why they couldn't uh, climatize to the 90s or not climatize i don't want to talk too much it's, a, it's 2022 <laughs> or the reason why they couldn't transcend to the 90s for a number of reasons and i'll break it down why this is 2022 (laughs) we're trying to up the lips no joking um i think honestly all jokes said i think number one is because it was still earlier in the early in the game so they were still learning as they go whereas the 90s had the 80s as a blueprint on where where it went wrong or why they didn't have the continuation Mm. and if we're being honest i don't think it's just just the 80s that don't have rappers. Because if you look at the 90s, how many rappers are still relevant from the 90s today? Uh, More so than the 80s. But really, there's only about maybe five, four? J, Nas, M. um, I don't really count M as 90s. M is 90s, man. Late 90s, like more 2000s. Still, but he came out in the 90s. He came out in the 90s. I saw J, let's just say J, Nas. Yes, yes, really. Well, at 99. That is the 90s. Yeah, but if you're going, if it's like on the back end- This guy's trying to do, you know the award shows, how the award shows, if yeah, you drop it if out. It, if it's like the back end of 99, going into 2000s, can he really be considered- I like mean, if that? we're going to be technical, he dropped his first album in 97, 96. Like we're born in the 90s, but we're not 90s babies like that, really. We're definitely 90s. We're more like 2000s if we want to keep nah. it a buck. Yeah, but we're being technical with that, right? Yeah. The same way I'm being technical with Eminem. He's 90s. All right, so who else would you give me? J, Nas, M. My point being- it's yeah, there's three. So you got three or four from the nineties. That's still I think, not. I think that's incorrect. You think there's more think than because you're, I think you're looking at it from a scale of like wide and crazy global success and popularity. Are you just like music? Yeah, there was uh, there were a lot of artists that came from the nineties. I have common. stellar catalogs. Oh, yeah, I, no, I hear you. I so I made well, like a decent career of this thing. Oh yeah, fragile stuff. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, how many rappers from the eighties do you see that have had like great catalogs? I mean, have we ever cared to look? Yeah, for sure. You well, or we, we? We have. Yeah. But. No, I'm talking about general hip hop fans. Have we ever cared to look past the 80s for certain f- artists? Our generation, probably not. No. Are we checking for KRS-One's new album? Are we checking for Big Daddy Kane's new album? For Kim's new album? Probably not. Have we been since the 90s? Probably not, no. You know what I mean? Mm. So I feel like it's a mixture of things, really. I feel like, yes, they weren't acclimatized to the cool. kind of production so why don't Yemi get it all when he says acclimatized, but I do. Because Yemi's a writer. I hate you, man. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's got a degree. Journalism. But degree. he's not a writer anymore, is he? He's retired. True. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a mixture of not getting acclimatized to kind of the production advances that were taking place. I feel like maybe for some quarters of that era and that generation, maybe they thought that their way was the best way and they refused to really get involved with anything that was going on after that maybe it, there was a kind of attitude where you know we're the benchmark because that the 80s like the late 80s especially is seen as like the first golden age like slick rick big daddy kane eric bean rakim these sort of people maybe they felt like in a way well maybe not them but their them and their era kind of feel like you know we are the benchmark we don't need to catch up with anybody you need to catch, up, catch up to up. us mm-hmm. sort of thing I also think that 
us as fans, kind of with all the new hip hop that was coming out as well, um, they kind of just got lost in the shuffle because, you know, Nas is coming out, Jay is coming out, Biggie's coming out. You might not necessarily have enough time for, you know, Rakim and Big Daddy Kane and Slick Rick and, and Cool G. I think like, that's what it is. Like you might have had in the 80s sort of thing. So as hip hop became more and more, as bigger and more democratized in that way, they got left. Some people just kind of fell by the wayside and got left behind for whatever reason. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, they probably could have tried a little bit harder to be more, I like to say, all purpose seasoning with it <laughs> rather than just staying in their lane of like, you know, we were the 80s. This is what we were. A bit like LL Cool J. LL Cool J is someone who I'd say was very transcendent because he embraced whatever mm. new was coming sort mm. of thing in a way that wasn't corny. Mm. I feel like a lot of rappers from that generation have had that trouble with that transition whether it's because they've tried to and it hasn't worked or they just have refused to um okay so i mean to that so what do you say for the ones from the 80s that try to because big daddy kane was probably one of the earliest rappers that tried to marry um r&b and hip-hop but it just wasn't i think he was a bit too early to be quite honest yeah, could, yeah i think you just answered because your own what, question. what 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 he did was essentially what Bad Boy and the blueprint for like Biggie ended up doing. So why didn't it? Why didn't it connect? I think you just answered answer your own question. It was too early. I think people, it was an idea that was ahead of its time, and it took a few years for people to really catch up to it. Maybe Big Daddy Kane wasn't the best proponent of it, even if he was the original. But sometimes the original isn't as good as what you can make it. So like mm. everybody says that you know Jay and Big come from the Big Daddy Kane tree. Mm. You could argue that Jay and Big, rapping and song making wise, did it better than Big Daddy Kane, even if he is the branch. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So he took that idea, made it his, and even if it didn't really pop off for him, because it was a time where it wasn't really happening like that, mm. it's only later that we appreciate and we pay dues and we pay respect to the, to people like him that made that transition and made that that move kind of possible. Mm. But could you say there's more Big Daddy Kanes than let's say, I don't know, KRS ones, for example, the people that still say real hip hop <laughs> and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Those guys, there's a lot more of those guys that were kind of reluctant maybe to change than the people that were kind of trying to embrace it. Cause I think when you're at the forefront, you're, you're pig headed mm. in terms of if I've created this, why not if I've created this, but if I've brought this to the forefront, mm. you guys need to adjust to the way I am. And if you think about it, if we're fans here and we're listening to, and we was born in that era and we're listening to Rocky and Big Daddy Kane, all of them on and on. But then Jay comes out, Nas comes out. And then you've got West Coast rappers coming out new as well. So you've got the Pucks, you've got the NWA. So it's like, you've got so much different things that these lot by default now have to play catch up. Mm. And if you don't want to play catch up, it's a thing where these guys are just going to run with the baton and go on another level. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, they once rap became a thing and it went global and you got people from other coasts coming out because at that point it was very East Coast. Mm. I just think that's what happened essentially. I just think, it became big and it just became that these guys took the baton and ran with it. Yeah, and now and these guys need to pick up. And also the rhyming, the rhyming syllables, all of that was very old school to some of them. Yeah. And it's like, if you're born in the 90s, say we're born in 92 and then now it's 97, we're young kids, we can't, we're not going to go back and maybe appreciate it because we weren't at that time mm. of when that was the thing compared to- It's like you had to be that type of- Yeah, fact. that's literally what it is to me. I think we should separate like mainstream from underground as well though. And like, that's, I think that's like really key because like Public Enemy from the 80s, but I mean, they they still tour today. So 
I think it's important that we don't just look at it from a mainstream lens. 100%. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Because right. th- there are rappers from the 80s that were able to... No, I'm not like, saying they, they... I know, yeah. but I think like the way this conversation has gone so far, I think how it may sound as though we're looking at it purely from a lens of rappers from the 80s that weren't able to transition on a mainstream level and keep up with what sound was coming in in the 90s on a mainstream level. Yeah, you could only really say LL Cool J that did. Public and oh, you mean mainstream? From the mainstream. Um, in terms of the 80s. Will Smith, Fresh Prince? Will Smith. Um, KRS, nah. Nah. Not a mainstream like that. I mean, but Rakim was featured on that tune with Truth Hurts. True. <laughs> and he was recycling bars from the 80s. Thinking of a mess. I hate you, because I was waiting for you. I was Precisely. waiting for Pete. I was looking Precisely. at you. I was like, I know he's going to drop but, it. But to the Rakim point, I was going to mention him. Like, obviously, he went solo. Um, after Eric B and Rakim, I think they broke up in like 92 and then he came back in like 97 and he was rapping over Primo beats. Mm. Now Primo isn't necessarily mainstream, but I wouldn't necessarily call him underground either. I Mm. think he's in that happy medium. So I feel like with some of these 80s rappers, they've kind of found a lane in the 90s that even if they're not mainstream, they're still making good quality work. They're still linking with um, producers or rappers of the era mm. that kind of make them relevant in that respect. So I agree. I feel like there should be a delineation between mainstream and underground because a lot of the 80s rappers went quote unquote underground after the 80s anyway because yeah. they weren't popping. They weren't mainstream. You know, Run DMC was still dropping albums up until the 90s. I don't think anyone heard them, <laughs> but they were still doing that. Same with Rakim, same with KRS. KRS is still dropping albums. Trying to think of anybody else from that era. Slick Rick still drops albums. No, he doesn't. Um, does he not? He stopped in like 99. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Fair enough. Well, he did that one verse with Mad Lib and Most Def in it in oh, like 09. <laughs> so there's that. Um, he was on West Side Guns, like one of his most recent. Projects. There you go. Yes, he was. He, he, was. Sound, he did not sound great. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Because I remember, we were in the old studio. I remember we were talking about Burner Boy's album. And they had a song, he had a song called Naughty by Nature. With naughty by nature. with naughty by nature, and you didn't want to listen. Horrible. You didn't. You didn't want to listen to it. Though. Horrible. But why is that? I'm just not trying to hear naughty by nature on Afrobeats. Okay, cool. EPMD two had EPMD on there. EPMD are seen as one of the best. I did not like that track. Why not? I I, I know what you're doing. I want I want you to answer All the right, question. I'll answer the question. They just did not. That was great. They just did not sound of the time. Their flow sounded. So that's on. That's the problem. Cool, cool, cool. Is that on them or is that on us as the fans who have kind of put them in this box? They've put themselves in that box by not by still sounding the same. (laughs) We we can't. You can't hold it against us because of the era that we grew up in. They were before our era. It's not on us to tune our ears to how they should how they sound today. Cool. It's for them to tune their sound and flow to what's happening. To a degree, now. Cool. But what then happens if they try to adapt and people say, that that didn't run, you should have done what you're used to doing. But the adaptation is more than just um, production. It's to do with your flow. I'm talking about the flow. And sometimes you're just not able to do it. I'm talking about the flow. Like MC Chan's a perfect example. He still sounds like um, when KRS-One made the bridges over. He still sounds like that. (laughs) You just, there was just some musicians that just aren't able to kind of just break out of their... Do you know what I mean? The like, they're built. Cool G Rap, perfect example. He was great at it. Do you know what I mean? How he sounded when he first came out with like Juice Crew and that, 
is different to how he ended up sounding in the mid 90s. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He was able to adapt it. Kane as well. If Kane wanted to, I think Kane could still do a thing. Do you know what I mean? Because his flow isn't that dated. You can still hear like a slight, do you know what I mean? But it's not that dated. I feel like there's a difference between the Kanes of this world and the MC Shans. I've never listened to an MC Shan song. Probably never will. Um, and Kill G Rap and Big Daddy Kane being lyrical, miracle, just lyrical masters generally, they have a more of a command on flow. So they can kind of see where the current, the climate is going, but adapting it to where they still sound authentic. Bro, even even Rakim, right? I was I re-listened to um, the Blueprint 2 album by Jay-Z. Yeah. And there's a song on there called The Watcher featuring Dr. Dre and Rakim. Rakim sounded good on it, but he still had that slight 80s feel. It's just slight. Um, and I just don't think he could like stand the test of time because of that. But in what way though? Because he always will because- Flow, not lyrics, it's flow. He's, he's probably saying amazing stuff, but if the flow isn't, if it don't like, if it sounds too, I just, it just won't really- I mean, it's subjective for me, way. man. Yeah, it's subjective because you know some I mean? people might like that. Some people might like the 80s flow over 2000s beats. And this is the old head that you man say. You are not, talking, no, don't do it in quotation. You man say, I'm an old you head. Man say. Don't do it in a quotation. But this is, this <laughs> is my, me my saying- brother, you just mentioned MC Shan. But this is me saying <laughs> this though. Like, it just sounds too like, dated man that's what the problem is though i guess that they just but let me ask you guys but do wait do do 90s rappers have the same issue that's what my question was though my question was we rate the 90s rappers glory by nature uh was it different no that's not what my issue was it wasn't that they sounded dated i just never want to hear burner boy with naughty by nature what kind of like link up is that all right but take that out of the take that out of it how did they how did they perform if you if 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 you saw like a um a leaflet yeah that mm. someone was promoting like a rave or something, yeah. And they're like, oh, DJ's gonna be spinning Burner Boy and Naughty by Nature. And Treachery's gonna come out. Are you going to that rave? Yes. Yemi. Okay, Yemi's mate, Yemi, he's a weirdo, isn't it? Mo, are you going to that rave? No, no, no. It's okay then. Treachery, impossible. How did they perform? <laughs> How did they perform? Take away, your, take away your hatred for the song. How did they perform? Not great. And why do you think that is? They just couldn't catch it. They couldn't catch the- The beat. Is that because of the beat or because of the way they were rapping. Both. All right. Well, I mean. But did the nice, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off okay. a bit. But did the nice have this problem, but we're just blind to it because we grew up on them. Like if you ask a kid that was born in 2005 or 2008 about Jay. Some bros. They might say to you, yo, Jay sounds dated. Absolutely not. No, that's because we're, no, they we've become, no, 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 let no, me talk, let me talk, let me talk, let me talk. Cause it's just, you know how you said, yo, we didn't grow up on you. You had to mm. adjust your, sh- to us, mm. if you ask a kid that was born 2010, mm. not 2010, say 2005, if you ask them this to Jay now, you don't think that they will say, yo, this sounds like he's from way back when because of I'm, what I'm they pro- used I'm to probably now. too biased. To that's what I'm saying. Depends on what they're I'm listening saying, to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, is it the 80s or is it just the cause of the way uh, it I think, I think the same rule applies to the 90s because- That's what I'm saying. There yeah, some 90, there, yeah, there's some 90s specific, OC for example. Or like Lord Finesse. Uh, bro, I never want to hear J. Rude Damager after 90s. J. Rude Damager is a perfect, no, his <laughs> tiny desk recently was good, but he was, rapping, he was rapping 90 songs. But those people that kind of stayed primarily in the 90s, the same applies to them. The same applies to them. The only thing with nah. them is it's a little bit different because they're a little bit more, 
let me say a bit more like less rigid. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. 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 More flute, a because they will still flute. rhyme on like different production. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. doesn't sound like boom bap. That's they'll just one. Try, they'll still try a thing. Yeah. Whereas the '80s rappers weren't really. They were still trying to. They were still keep to like the traditional like you know yeah. type of beat. Whereas the '90s were a bit more fluid. Yeah, hundred percent. Because there are rappers from the '90s. There's a lot of rappers from the '90s that are still making music that don't sound like '90s music at all and don't sound like '90s eyes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So no, no, I hear you. And I just the question I'm asking is, did we train our ears to get adjusted to it? If that makes sense, like, did we train our ear to get adjusted to the way Nas raps? Whereas if you get a kid that was born in a certain time and he listens to Nas the way we listen to a Rakim, how would they view it? Would they view it the same way? Do you know what I mean? I get have what you're we saying. just accustomed? Have we just become a, nah, become norm? Because if you ask a kid, I'm just saying, if you ask a kid today, yo, would put on four 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 or put on a Nas album and go, yo. How you sound? Do you think they might look at it the same way as yo? This guy sounds dated. Nas don't rap the same, but Nas don't rap the same. No, I don't. That's what as he does in the nineties. As I, he does today. I don't think depends on what they listen to though. If I don't think only, he does. If neither, neither does Black Thought. Neither does Jay. Cool, no, but I, if they only listen to, let's say, for example, Future and Young Thug, they might think that Jay is dated. That's what I'm saying. So it depends on what they're listening to. It depends on what their tastes are. If their tastes are Jay Z and Jay Z and Nas, then obviously the answer is no. But if they are, even like let's say Roddy Rich or you know. Anyone of the that ilk, of the world and them of the gunners of the world, they're probably gonna think this is dated. I, I, I don't think so. I think they will more so have an issue with how many words that you know rappers what? are saying. Because like um the gunners and you know all these other guys, they're a lot more like melodic. They're not that traditional. There's not many words actually being said. It's more That's what it's I'm more the vibe. So the J's and the Nas's and all them man there, they're saying more words than that. There's a bit more flow to it. It's less melodic. There's like actual like sentences. But is that dated? Actual English. But is that dated? So I think it's, I think <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that's the issue that you just shitted on my my song my album choice. I think I think I think that's the issue that these um young youngsters will have. But let me ask you a question though: Is that dated? If Daisy is not getting accustomed to what the kids are listening to today, it might be. And he's like you said, he's forming sentences. It might be. These guys are not. Everything is drip and drown and pee pee. No, it's not. Can you say that objectively? It's not dated. You You know why I say this question as well, Yem? Yem, Yem, you're on social media. This like when people are going back and forth. I know we're changing the topic a little bit, Mm. but when people going back and forth with who win hits for hits, Future or Jay. There was kids that were arguing that. My point being, mm-hmm. Jay's dated to the people that were raised in a certain era. So the same way we look at the 80s, people naturally are going to look at it like, so is it a case of the 80s or is it a case where that's where just rap goes? I think that's just where rap goes. I don't know. I think you're always going to have a generation that I think the next, the, the generation before them don't sound as fresh. They're old heads. They're, yeah. Yeah. It goes back to Lil Zan calling Tupac boring. Don't get triggered. But it goes back to that. It goes back to that. It really just depends. But I think it is a cyclical thing. It's a cyclical thing. 90s people were saying about the 80s. 2000s people, I'm sure, were saying that about the 90s and so on and so on and so on. It's just the way of life, really. It's up to the artists to either adapt or, you know, keep it moving. And I feel like fans might have a bit of a responsibility to be more open-minded as well. In a, in a, in a, in a, in the tiniest of sense. Obviously, if you think something's dated, like think it's dated, and I'm not going to say that you should like, you should not. But if there is a rapper from a certain era that you're that you're listening to, if it, whether it's by accident or whatever, um, take time, mm. take time, listen to what they're saying. If you don't like it, then then cool. Um, I but I think there's a difference between calling like the Biggies and the Tupacs like dated versus calling like the Buster Rhymes and the Jay-Z's and the Nas's dated. You can't call two. I think it's very different because like 
Jay-Z, Nas, Buster, them them guys transitioned and were able to make music of the time, but timeless as well. So it it's difficult to kind of paint them with that brush of, for me, sounding dated, man. I can't, whereas Tupac and Biggie, I get it because of the era where them guys were like most popular and the era where they stopped making music and had passed away. We've only got the music that they made in the 90s. We don't know how they would have sounded in the 2000s. I think we get a, a glimpse of it with with Biggie because um, of the sound that Puff ended up um, running with later on. But it's, I think it's just difficult when you're, you when you look at those two versus like Jay's and the Nas and Busta Rhymes. Your timeless is not someone else's timeless, bro. I think that's it. Mm. Like your perception of what is going to stand the test of time and what is dated is not this might not be the same as Mo's, might not be the same as mine. I might think that, um, let's say for example, the blueprint is dated. Mm. It's, it's possible. Like some people might think, uh, my beautiful daughter's a fantasy is dated. See, um, remember the pep talk I gave you guys before this <laughs> this podcast when I was like, you know, this is new, improved me, less judgmental. See, the old me would have said. You're bonkers if you would say that, <laughs> um, the blueprint sounded dated, but the new me is going to accept you for your opinion and say that my heart is still open. Shout out to Africans. But the old you did just come out and say that I'm bonkers. No, I said that, that's what the old me would have said. But the old you have The just... new me is relaying what the old me would have said, but the new me is not saying that. The old you didn't need to come out. No, but the new me still has to sometimes let you know what the old me is thinking. No, they don't. No, it definitely does. No, it doesn't. Just to let you know that the old me... Still it's not that far away. This is more for the listeners than me, to be <laughs> fair. So thank you for that. Um, but yeah, more of the story. Everyone sounds dated to people's opinions, I guess. Because you're always going to have people that think people sound dated. It's just we can't control it. I just think we've got accustomed to listening to Jay and Nas for so long that they will never sound dated to us. But I think if you get a 15-year-old kid, a 16-year-old kid mm. from the road and get him to... and. Yeah. Play Jay for him. Yeah. I genuinely think a 15, 16 year old kid will be like, yo, he sounds old as fuck. Mm. There's no one reason for this. Yeah. I feel like there's a m- multitude of reasons as to why 80s rappers, especially, might not have been, you know, accepted in the 90s for whatever reason. I just think a lot of things work in tandem. There isn't one reason. Um, but salute to those people. Salute and those rappers. Yeah, they're the foundation. They they're are. The foundation. They're my Rushmore's. Yeah. To some people. Yeah. Some people. And if, if we're talking objectively, Couple of them might be. They have to be. If you've created well, the eighties, like some one or two of them have to kind of be my Rushmore. Not, in my Not have Rushmore. to, but like if you want to pay your dues, I'm I'm good. If, if we're I being, don't, if, I don't, you don't necessarily. No, say, taking away your bias and stuff. Like you just have to. Bro, I'm, I'm taking away my biases. I can salute you. I don't have to put, you don't need to put your head. Absolutely <laughs> not. Respect to them guys. Unless you were a fan in the eighties. Respect to them guys. See, he doesn't want to hear that. Respect to them guys, but yeah, I'm sorry, man. So you can't put an 80s person in your mouth, Rushmore, you think it's blasphemy? Not, no, absolutely not. I'm just not doing that. <laughs> I, was to, I was just trying to rule you. You're trying to draw me out. I told you, I'm new, I'm new and improved, man. New and improved. Hey, man. But yeah, right. what's, what's the next thing? So we're kind of going to, we're kind kind of going to flip reverse it because mm. uh, Mo wanted to chat about Body Rich, right? Yeah, so. Explain away, bro. I know Peter. And I'm going to have to explain to Peter. <laughs> I feel like Yemi already knows what's going on. I'm in these streets. Yeah, I feel like Yemi knows what's going on. P might not be. <laughs> so, P, you, you clearly know, you need to do the hype about Roddy. Like, no, I, no, I didn't know the hype. Explain it to me. Yeah. I, gen, gen, right. 
Yevi, would you disagree with me? There was very there was hype already. His first album dropped. It charted. It went successful. He was kind of seen as one of the leaders of the new school, mm. essentially. You put him in, in your Mount Rushmore of this era, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Sorry, Roddy Rich. Yeah, he was in my top five, top four for that this era easily, by the way, easily. But then he dropped his last album. When did it? When did it drop? Um, yeah, Mickey. Late last year. Like um, about a month ago. Okay. About might, a month ago. Yeah, I might. I think it might have been leading up to Christmas. Yeah, so it's about a month ago or some change. Okay. Hot garbage. Mm-hmm. But been, wait, wait, wait. You thought it was hot garbage. I thought it was mid at best. What? So what? Live life the, fast. Yeah. What was the general consensus? The general consensus was it was hot garbage. Hot garbage or yeah. mid? No, no. Hot, people, really? People. So what? Criti- okay. So critic- fans yeah. saying that or were like critics? No, critically, like this is not it. Okay. Like he critically, this was from everyone from like say academics for example yeah academics said it's whack and i don't even listen to academics. what about magazines and stuff they a lot of people said it was critically follow up from his last album was a big fall off oh wow because it's the judging of the last album because the last album had the box it had the ball in song um as one of the bonuses so he had a lot okay so my point being so he dropped that album mm. and he's been already kind of like dismissed as he can't bring it back mm. he can't do anything and i feel like that's a that's a thing with this generation where if you don't follow up a good album with a good album, mm. you're essentially wiped off the map or like, yeah, he's done. Whereas we used to give artists time. Mm. Like we've had artists that dropped two albums in a row that was bad, but the mm. third one was, mm. the, I, that, that's it. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering why the transitions happen and like just have a conversation based around that because- So basically are the young, younger generation given enough time? Yeah, like they, is it more ruthless now compared to when we was growing up? Because Jay dropped West of Both Worlds and we still gave him time. But that's different because he had given us. <laughs> that was very different. Yeah, Why did you do that? <laughs> it was, was so unnecessary. No, but like he did give us best of all words. I had a couple of tunes on there. Don't do that. It definitely did. I hated it. Yeah, but you're not jiggy. What does that even mean? You're not jiggy, so you won't enjoy it. You ain't pee. I'm a jiggy brother, so I'll, I will. You know probably, what I mean? Right, my point being. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. But there was still a couple of tunes. But my point, yeah. I just feel like, is it like there's something about this era and this generation where. I feel like they're not getting the time that mm. our artists got. I just feel like we live in the era of instant gratification. If you don't have, and especially with artists like that, Roddy Rich, the Gunners and that, they make vibey music. If they don't then make music that people see as a vibe from front to back, you're trash, mm. you're whatever, you're this, that. People are so quick, and everyone's quick to have an opinion as well, especially in the social media era where, you know, as soon as something drops, you want to be the first person to talk about it. You might want to cause some controversy by saying it's crap. You might want to say it's amazing. I'm a fan, blah, 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 blah. But I just feel like we're so, well, maybe not us, but certain generations of fans are very hard to please in that respect. They think that because Roddy Rich dropped the box, he should his next album should then be 12 The Boxes. Yeah. And it just doesn't run like that. Um, so I think generally fans' expectations have changed or heightened to the point where you can drop something that might be decent. And even if it's not good, um, people are very, very, even quicker now to say, yo, this is crap, this is trash, this is garbage, blah, 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 blah. So I feel like it's that. Um, But to be fair, I have heard that it was trash as well. I saw Sean C, who's like a YouTube reviewer, say that it was was hot garbage. No, it was bad, it was bad, it was bad. So maybe he just just dropped a bad album, but I don't think it's, I don't think we can say like he's out of here. I think that's just the language. We use we use a lot of language mm. in hip hop to that effect. Yeah. He's out of here. He's done. <laughs> when really and truly, he's probably going to drop another album this year or next in response to the criticism that he's gotten. It's like Eminem. When he dropped uh, Revival and then what? Like I think Eminem's six, different though. Six to nine months later, he dropped um, Kamikaze. But Eminem's different. How so? And I don't want to make it about Eminem. But he's had 
eight, six bad albums in a row where all, people are always going to wait for the seventh. That's just who Eminem is. No, that's just- We're not doing to, that. No, not disrespect, but that's Eminem. I don't think Eminem, you can, the reason why I say that is because he dropped, whatever he dropped past 2003, Bar Recovery was all garbage to me. So it's like, but people are always going to wait on his albums. Whereas these newer generations or anyone else, I feel like the time is ticking a lot quicker than our artists. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because J. Cole dropped Cold World. It wasn't all that, mm. but the hype was there for his next one. Mm -hmm. Or let's see what he does when he's got freedom. Mm. I feel like with this generation, it's if you, it's like you said, instant gratification. If you don't drop something worthwhile. No, nah, but I think with, with that though, Cole, it's difficult to compare the two, isn't it? Because Cole had still given us like, um, up until that point, a catalog of good material. So right. we knew what the potential was and we knew what he was capable of doing. With Roddy, there's not been enough time, space and material to for that sort of judgment, isn't it? And like, just echoing what Yemi said, yeah, man, we live in like a very microwavable time, with very instant gratification and that. So there's just not enough room for like, you know, artist development. There's not enough room for artists to make like bad music. But is that sustainable yeah. though? Huh? If it, can that run? Um, I mean, Do you know what no, I mean? I, I don't think so. I think just because he dropped a bad album don't mean his next one's going to be bad. You know I mean, people <laughs> grow, people make music in different they're in different points of their life, more inspired than not. Do you know what I mean? Reflection on, you know, whatever he's dealing with in life as well. So it shouldn't, that shouldn't, and I'm, I don't listen to Roddy Rich, but it shouldn't be an indication of his really? whole talent. <laughs> just because he dropped a bad album, that shouldn't be an indication of his whole talent and whether he's capable of making like better music. Which I agree. Oh, yeah. you know I also I mean? think, yeah, I also think it depends on the artist. If someone like Corday was to drop a good album then drop a bad album. I'm not sure if the fan base would be so quick to say he's trash, he's out of here, he's done. Whereas with Roddy Rich, because of the, I think it's because of the type yeah, of music yeah, yeah. he makes. Mm. People who make that type of music have a fan base to that effect. And again, if they don't make something that's vibey that they can you know party to and all that, you're written off. And to be honest, even if the fan, even if certain sections of the fan base say that it's crap, there's still going to be loads that stream it. That's still going to help his bottom line. He's still going to be able to tour and perform. So, is he really given? Is he really not given enough time, or are they? Is this generation really not given enough time? Yeah, because where's the time for growth? If you, I think that's up to them though. Like, if they drop an album that's bad, they can go back to the drawing board and just, especially someone like Roddy, who's like, like you say, he's one of the leaders of the new school. I'm not sure if he doesn't. I'm not sure if he doesn't have the time to grow. I just think it's because of the fan backlash, but he could easily, you know, regroup, do it again, get some hot producers, go a different route and maybe win those fans back. I think also, um, sorry, I don't know if I can't, no, go. but like, I think it also speaks to the come up as well, because from my perspective, it feels like he just kind of came up out of nowhere. There wasn't any real artist development he just, I just saw him on like tunes with Nipsey. Do you know what I mean? So he was like a, he just came out of nowhere. So with as quickly as you kind of like pop, you very quickly can be smacked straight back down. In it, so I think it's, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it's that wild that people are already kind of like dismissing him and calling whether, you know, he can make another good album because like he just came out of nowhere. In in defense, he came up in off, his, a, off a Die Young, right? Nah, in, nah, that's what I'm saying. In his, die Young was his first commercial song. What but year was he? Well, that's when he blew. That young came out. I'm gonna say 2017. So when did his album drop? This album or his first album? His first album, 2019. 2018, 2020. But he, that's one point. He was even the Nipsey song. That was way after that young. That was way after his mixtape Feed the Streets. That was after a lot of stuff. And then he had the Nipsey song. Then he had the Mustard song and all of that. So he was bubbling for a while. 
like he still had about four years, five years before this, four about four or five years before this album dropped. Mm. So it's just had he had mixtapes or EPs? Yeah, he had three. He always got um one of my mixtapes. I like is Feed the Streets too. There's a difference. He's got a few bangers. Yeah, there's a difference though when it comes to art development. There's a difference between putting a bunch of songs out and your name getting more buzz on the streets and actually developing your artistic skill. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wrote about this for Trench in relation to UK rap. Like I feel like in this era where you can get viral off of one hit and then get signed, there's no grind. Mm -hmm. J. Cole dropped multiple mixtapes. Drake, Kendrick dropped multiple mixtapes. That's the grind. That's the artistic journey starting. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know about Ready Rich. I know about the Feed the Streets series and all that as well, but I don't know if in comparison to other artists, he's had that same journey of artistic development. And when you come up off a song like Die Young, which went viral, which is a club hit, this, that, and the other, you generate a fan base, a new fan base, not day ones, of, fa- of, of, yeah, yeah, of, of fans that expect that from you every time. And those are the loudest people when, they, when that doesn't happen. You're right, because if you look at a Corday, it is the complete opposite, I guess, in terms of the way Corday's fan bases work and mm-hmm. the way Roddy's is. Yeah. Because if Corday does drop out a bad album, he's got the same light like, like a, a Cole might have of our generation mm-hmm. or... A Kendrick or someone where it's like, yeah, give them one more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think this soul, this lies solely at the feet of the fans. I think you're well, I mean, you can drop a bad album. Obviously, Roddy's dropped a bad album, but when the expectations are so high um, from a commercial artist who isn't really moving the needle in terms of any kind of content or anything like that, it's just more or less an update of what the last album would have been, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the expectation's so high and when it doesn't get met, People are so quick to just like turn on you. Like that's just the way it is. And that's that's kind of like the the double-edged sword of being like a famous rapper and that like people hold on to your people are always waiting for you to fail, you know. Mm-hmm. And whenever they feel like you have, they give it to you. But I don't think like Roddy is gonna really suffer. I don't think the younger generation, it, it really just depends, man. Like it could go the way of like, let's say, I don't know, a Trinidad James who had his big hit. At, the only reason I mentioned him because I was watching the video today and I mentioned him. Um, someone who dropped a really big hit and couldn't capitalize it, artist, c- couldn't capitalize on it artistically compared to Roddy Rich, who clearly is dropping albums right. regularly and he's building up his status as like one of the leaders in the new school. Um, so I think it just depends on the artist, but I feel like the fans have a lot to answer for. Yeah, I agree. Because yeah, someone like Trinidad James was never, nah. We knew what it was with him. Yeah, well said. Don't believe me, just watch. I, I think you echoed everything perfectly just then. Thank you. And even with and even with even with Trinidad James, like his next move was always going to be the biggest move. Yeah, and he just couldn't do it. Fetty Wap as well. Fetty Wap dropped uh, my Trap Queen, my way. Six, six, six nine one six seven nine. Yeah, and then he dropped the album, and that's one of the worst albums I've ever heard in my life, even to this day. <laughs> the Deontay Wilder flex. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So it really just does depend on who it is. And I'm not, I wasn't even a fan of Fetty Wap like that. I was just interested to see like, this is the new sensation of rap. Let me see what he's on. Yeah, he, and he just wasn't on anything. Is Roddy Rich an album artist though? His first album was good. But that, that wasn't my question. No, I don't think he's an album artist. Okay. But. So why are we so surprised that what's happening then? Cause it's the backlash he's getting. Cause, but if he's not an album artist, then why are we surprised? When you say album artist, what do you mean? Like as in, an album artist. And I don't think he is. But he's not to me. But people still look at You're him. You're a good judge though. Yeah, but people look at him for his album. Like his first album mm. had about six, seven hits. 
So it's a tricky one to decipher. If your first album's got yeah. about five, six hits, and that's your only album you've got, and then your mixtape has... Doesn't necessarily make him an album artist. I don't think he's an album artist. But it's artist. hard to classify it's, mainstream yeah. rappers, quote-unquote, as album artists, because their bottom line is the hits, mm. and they're rapping six, seven, eight, nine, ten B-size, if we're being real, around a hit. Mm. That's not an album compared to like a damn or... Um, who, do you, who, who are you thinking? An off-season. What do you mean? Who are you thinking about? Well, as far as what? Hits, B-sides, B-sides, B-sides. Most of the new generation. That's all of them. Give me a name. Gunner. Future. Okay. Future. Okay. Thug. Okay. All of them are like that. So I don't think any of them are album artists per se. It's just... AKA, again, Peter don't listen to. Yeah, but no one looks at them for albums, whereas, so they don't get a backlash. If Gunner's album was whack, I don't think the backlash will be there for him. Surprisingly. Whereas with Roddy, for some, I don't know why, I just feel like the scrutiny was a lot with him. So I don't know if it's a new generation. I guess expectations were really high for him, isn't it? It is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. What can you do, man? Yeah, I hear that. But again, I don't think Roddy Richards going to be losing sleep. Nah. He's still going to be dropping albums. And the expectation's always going to be there, but... He doesn't have to meet fans' expectation if he's doing what he feels is right. His next move's vital, though. We agree on that. I feel like I feel like we could say that about a lot of rappers, man. True. Uh, uh, is that fair? That it becomes vital. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not to me. I'm just talking about the way. Th- that's what the whole topic is. The new generation. I think his next move is a little bit key because mm. it's such a it's a microwave sensation. That it's microwave. Yeah. It's a microwave society we live in now. It's very much cool. Where's the next toy? That's very much the, yeah, that's yeah. the era they live in now. Because he's so early on in his career as well. It's definitely a bit techie for him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what's his, so just to, just to close it off completely, if his next move is a bad move, does that say to you he was just a flash in the pan? Nah. I think he's always going to be around whether it's hits. He's just not the guy that the expectation was for. He was. He's always going to be around. I don't think Roddy's going to leave. I think he'll be able to provide a banger a year or something like that. But if his next move isn't what it's meant to be, I don't think he's... You know how we looked at, when you look at artists, like, yeah, you're the lead of the new gen to a certain degree. Maybe not. Can I ask a question? Yes. So, see, that, that's a mo flex right there. Um, oh. So what, Roddy Rich was like seen as that guy? For the not new school? really. I feel like because he had Die Young and he had the box, he was seen as like one of the leaders. Not the leader. Not the leader. But one of the leaders of the that of that generation. Don't look at me like that, innit? But he was seen as that guy. And I still think he 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 still will, um, but we shall see. Enough. All right, cool. We shall see. We shall. Can see. I just ask why? Why did I ask? No, why'd you make that face when you asked the question? <laughs> no reason. <laughs> no reason. Man. No, but you know what is with Pete? Go on. He hates the new generation already, <laughs> and this one annoys me about Pete. And now I'm gonna tell you what annoys me, Yemi. He hates the new gen already, and then he hates. The fact that Roddy is one of the new gen leaders. It's like, you already hate them. So if I give you any artist, you're going to look down on it anyway. That's <laughs> just not true, Mohammed. Right. That's just not true. I can't wait till they start seeing your faces when you start asking uh, these questions. It's just not true, Mohammed. Ah, right, well, salute to Roddy Rich. Cool. We're going to move on to the next topic now. And I want to talk a bit about another guy who, much like Roddy Rich, was kind of seen as like, at the time, it was around 2014, 2015 times. He was kind of seen as like the leader of a new generation. Was he? I feel like he was. Um, he had arguably one of, if not the most impactful single of the 2010s. Um, we're talking about, yeah, we're talking about Bobby Schmurder. 
Bobby Schmurder, when he came out of hot in 2014. <laughs> so we're really not saying the N-word anymore. No, Apparently. Man. No, man. We shouldn't be saying it, bro. Apparently. We shouldn't be saying it. Um, so when he came out with that song in 2014, I mean, I don't need to say how impactful that was. Like, it was just, like, it was, it was a whirlwind of, like, we're still waiting for his hat to drop down from space sort of thing. You know what I mean? It was just, it was that big of a single. And then he got locked up. Then he went to prison. Um, apart from a 6 9 feature, we never really, we didn't really hear much from him from prison as far as the music. Um, the six nine feature. He was on he was stupid on, on um, six nine's first album. Oh wow! Yeah, before he, yeah, he was just rapping from the the cell phone, the phone in jail. Uh, it was just anyway. Let's say about that the better. Um, he's now out. He's been out since I want to say mid twenty twenty one. Yeah, something like that or early twenty twenty one. And obviously expectations were high because he hadn't been dropping music. Obviously people was people still listening to his breakout single um and i think it's fair to say that his comeback and the kind of music he's dropped has been lukewarm at best i feel like a lot of the potential that he could have had coming out as far as what he could do and how he could impact the game um has kind of fallen by the wayside it's kind of been left on the table so kind of like the roddy rich discussion we've just had we've just been having i kind of want to pitch the question like is Bobby Schmurda on the clock? And is his comeback one of the worst that hip hop has ever seen? No, I'm he's not surprised. Not, he's not on the clock, man. He hasn't really dropped music like that. But Well, the reason why I say, the reason why I ask is because I feel like hip hop fans, not us, but a lot of hip hop fans have gotten used to the idea of once you are out of jail, you go gung ho, which is what he hasn't done. Bro, we haven't seen that in a very long time. Bro, we saw it with Gucci. Saw it with Wayne, didn't we? Dropped a mixtape when he came out. But look at the artist you're naming. Yeah, but still, bro. I don't bro. think, I don't even I'm, think Listen, I'm not, I, let me finish. I'm not necessarily like agreeing with these views, but I feel like certain fans have gotten used to the idea of once, once a rapper's out of jail, they're going to hit the ground running, they're going to drop, 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 and they're kind of going to, they're going to try and retain the essence of what they were before they went, out, before they went into jail, which I feel like a lot of people feel like Bobby Schmurder hasn't done. And if you listen to his recent singles, compared to Hot, they aren't really, they're nowhere near as good. But and I feel like when you're talking about like views and when you're talking about attention, they're very much like decreasing when it comes to Bobby Shimoda. So that's why I'm asking, as interest in him is kind of falling, is he on the clock? But why, what's the precedent for us saying that Bobby Shimoda knows how to make good music just based on one song? Just yeah. accuracy, because he dropped another Basically. one. He dropped another one while he was out. I mean, before he got arrested, um, Bobby bitch. Bobby bitch, and that was whack. So my point being, Hot was a flash in the pan, right? Like that's a song where that wasn't. How can I put it? That was the biggest song of that year, arguably the biggest song of the decade. We know he's not that guy in terms of he's he can't replicate that. So what was we expecting from? What was people expecting from? I'm not surprised that he can't. No disrespect him. I'm happy he's free. He done his bird. I'm happy, but I didn't think Bobby's gonna come out and give me five or six hits after hits after hits. I don't think we do know that he can't do another hot. We we don't know that exactly. because like the reason why people are holding on to like hope and there's a bit of buzz and there's like you know just anticipation is because of that song. We can we've but seen, we've seen what the potential may but, be. But is that fair? There's look, something there. But mm -hmm. look what we're expecting, though, bro. We're expecting the arguably the biggest song of that decade. 
I think I people. Don't, I don't think we are though. I just think they're but, expecting like really good music. But, and I, do you know who started that though? That whole coming out of prison and just killing stuff. Tupac Shakur. And since then, every rapper that goes into jail is held by that same. But standard, there's a difference. But though. not every rapper is going to do. That. And there's a big difference. Even when Lil Wayne is as amazing as Lil Wayne is, when he came out of prison, he wasn't like. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't what he was before he went in because by that point he was already, he wasn't sizzling Cut, the same anyway. Cut, but you know what the difference is? I feel like because obviously he dropped Bobby Bitch, but off the strength of the other song, people were expecting that but the, or to that level. You know what I mean? If you listen to his new music. Yeah, and I've tried to give it a minute, I can't. In comparison to that song, which is kind of like more drill focus, it was kind of early drill and that sort of thing. The new songs, you can barely understand what he's talking about. You can barely understand what he's saying. It's kind of more polished. Lot, yeah. I feel like people wanted more of the like gritty. Mm. I want to tell you, like we want to know that you're suffering, you're hungry sort of thing. Meanwhile, what? he's just bragging about his AP. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like he's taken a completely opposite turn. And I feel like there's mitigating factors. I feel like he's at odds with his, I was watching um, a video on Hip Hop Madness about this. And they were alluding to tension between Bobby Schmurda and the label, which is kind of, holding up whatever music he would plan to, we would have planned to release when he dropped, when he came out of prison. So maybe there's that. But generally the music that he's dropped since he's come out is nothing like the, like his first single. But, so my thing is, and this ain't me taking away from him, but the only reason why I say if he was never on a clock for me in terms of music is because if you look at all the artists that went to jail previously, Puck, he had a cat, somewhat of a catalog before he went prison. You get, Wayne, he had a catalogue before he went to prison. Gucci, he had a catalogue before. He... So we knew what we was getting from these artists when they come out, or at least some swap expectations. Bobby's whole thing was based on one song. Do you get what I mean? So it's like, when he does come out, I can't expect, like, say if Jay Kwan went to prison before, after he dropped Tipsy. No, like, think about it. He dropped Tipsy, he goes to jail. Seven years, he yeah, comes but, out. Yeah, but Mo. I'm not expecting him to drop. Yeah, but Mo, you have to like, also factor in that there are other elements of this story as well that we we, we have to look at. He can't talk about certain things. No, not even that, oh. but like just the fact that he he went inside, he was honorable, do you know what I mean? And we we, we praise that in our culture. Yes, yeah, so yeah, but that's also a part of the buzz. Somebody that's honorable, somebody that gave us this tune before they went in. There's something there. They're going to come out and do amazing stuff. So that's, there's a lot of that as well, aside from the actual talent. And I think that's probably got more to do with hang on what to the that buzz. Album. No, that's yeah, what it is. That's what it's is. more what he done than his music. Bro, when Shine, when Shine went into prison, there was like, oh my God, like, do you know what I mean? Because he was honorable as well. There's just something that our culture like loves about honorable people becoming incarcerated and coming out and hoping yeah. that they, they, they bust through. Yeah. But when Shine came out, it was awful shine his pole. flow had gone his voice had gone it was absolutely awful and after he drops like a few songs the, the buzz had gone and dj academics kind of is he kind of rounded up what you were saying as well i feel like now that schmurder's out people are being around him as kind of like a badge of honor to kind of prove to kind of prove their that's it. And to that's prove it. their hardness as well and that's not helping schmurder mm. that's just you're sapping from him, you're taking from him sort of thing. Mm. And I think to your point, Mo, about, you know, those other rappers having catalogs, bro, that, his first single, it was so big, it basically counts as a body of work. Well, thousand percent. I'm just saying, to me, with Bobby, it's more what he done. He was a stand-up man. You got, 
Rowdy came at the same time as you. He didn't do a longer sentence because you said you'll go halves with him. All of that. To me, it was more him coming out as, well, let's celebrate Bobby than me waiting for him to drop. I honestly, I had zero expectation for his music. Like zero. Because mm. to me, it's so hard to replicate what that song was. And it's not fair. He's always, if that's the only song you dropped before you went prison, people are naturally going to hold you to that level. And that's just not fair. But, so it, goes like, back, but it goes back to the really rich situation as well. Like facts. the high expectations, you know, yeah, the so microwave imagine, culture. Yeah. That kind of works in tandem as well. Because everybody, even if you weren't outside in 2014, you've heard about Schmurder, you know he's dropped his big single. Now that he's out, I need to see, if not a replication, I need to see where you're at. Just something. Generally. And if where he's at is the music that he's putting out, then it's a disappointment. It's naturally going to be a disappointment because the music is bad. But give him some time, man. This guy was locked up for X amount of years, man. It takes a while to find your rhythm, man. Not everybody's Tupac Shakur. You know what I mean? Not everyone's Little Wayne. Not no, everyone. he just wanted to say Tupac. No, you know what it is? <laughs> He's turning into the game who name drops all the time, but it's just Tupac. He didn't want to say Wayne. He literally just said that whole sentence, just say Tupac. <laughs> yeah, Wayne was just like, let me just style said, it out. I said, I said Gucci. Yeah. I said Wayne. <laughs> T.I. Yo, he just said Wayne just you know so mean? at the end of it. Let me not Unknown, Fibbing, pot of paper, dig a D. My point be like, yeah, I just, I just didn't have any expectations for uh, Bobby's music. Yeah. Like, I love Bobby as a man. Salute to him. Just musically wise, I personally didn't have any expectations just because, especially the culture we're in now, I didn't know if they were going to allow him to unless he drops that. Mm-hmm. And the problem is with Hot Nick, it was more, the song was a banger, but it was also the time that we was in mm-hmm. that made it what it was. And it's so hard to replicate. A song like that is so hard to replicate. And unless he does that, unless you're people, what would you say? Unless you're young, man. Yeah, she robbed him. Mm-hmm. But that's my point. Unless she could, if that's his level and what people are expecting, it's just not fair. Mm. I think he's just a victim of the culture. Yeah. In that respect. Like, obviously he went pen, he's come out. You're now expected to, everything you do has to hit. And it just doesn't work like that. Like, for any artist, like, it doesn't work for, it doesn't work like that. You're going to have, like, misses. Um, where I would have liked to have seen, like, more progression from his side is to just kind of talk about what it was like for you in jail, you know, the kind of struggles you've been through, not to then just kind of assimilate with everybody else that's rapping about that. But can you do that though? Well, I mean, but we don't know that that's not going to come on the album. Cool, but I would have liked it a little bit. But why though? Like what gave you the impression that he'll do that? Nothing, but, well, not actually not nothing. The fact that he's been in pen. Yeah, but like musically. Why wouldn't he do that? My point, no, because my point being- So you guys are saying, oh, I just want to bring up Tupac. Fam. I'm going to tell you why. But you are going no, to. But yeah, because I'm, it's relevant. Yeah, but Park, what was Park rapping yeah, about? Yeah, that's my point though. It's the artist we're talking about. If Future goes pen now, I don't think Future's going to come out and give me a speech of how he's, how, what life was like in jail because I know what kind of artist he is. Mm. I don't expect, when, Bobby, I did not expect him to come and tell me I was seven, eight hours I was doing, do you know what I mean? It's just, the type of songs he makes is, it's Bobby, bitch. Like, I didn't expect him to come and write down, write me a 32 that he's going to make me think, oh, he was sitting through all of that. In. So if that's the expectation, I don't think he's ever going to live it to it. And then the expectation is, I think he's in an awkward situation of what he's got to please so many people that he doesn't even know what he needs. I think Yemi's speaking to more like the substance side of it, because when you do become incarcerated, you have way more to talk about than just the standard shit that's going on in the music industry. Facts. That's what he's, I think that's yeah. what he's speaking to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm not a Bobby fan, but like, I'm, I'm sure when, actually I can't even say I'm sure. Fans would hope that when the album drops, that he'll have a lot more to say. So let's let's wait and see. 
So to answer the question, you don't think he's on the clock? Uh, nah, not until the album's dropped. I think Bobby will always be around for a little while just because of what he done. Like you said, the way we celebrate what he done for Rowdy and him, his peoples, I don't think he'll be on the clock in terms of the culture. To the fans, maybe, but to the hip-hop heads, he's always going to be respected because he stood up for what you're meant to stand up for, essentially. However, yeah, but However, if um, he doesn't drop an album in for me in the next two years and there isn't a single that he drops that buzzes a little bit within the next two years, it's going to get a bit shaky. Give him two years? Within. Within. So by the end of next year? Yeah, it's going to be a bit... Uh, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I'd say that. I mean, I'd probably say there's more pressure on him than... Obviously, we've talked about him, Roddy Rich. Yeah, but that's because Roddy's given us past... And unfortunately for Bobby's situation, he hasn't. That's why I think there's more time. There's the clocks on Bobby more. Potentially. But also because of what he's dropped hasn't been hasn't been it. And not just from a, oh, you need to talk about your time in prison. The songs just aren't good. <laughs> like you can have songs about, you know, the kind of stuff that he's rapping about, like all the blingy blingy stuff. But if it's worse than what the next man is doing, it's not good, is it? So I don't know. I mean, to answer my own question, is he on the clock? Yes and no. I feel like to certain sections, he probably is because he's losing what... He's losing all the... Not clout, but he's losing all the kind of room that he had since he's been out to kind of impact the culture in in a meaningful way. And because of that, you're seeing interest kind of dim and diminish. So in that way, he is. But also no, because he's also only been out not very long. Let's see what he's got to drop and what he's what is coming as well. Maybe he'll maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe he'll prove everybody wrong as well. So I'm kind of halfway with it. It's a tricky one, man. I just I don't know musically if Bobby's ever gonna be there for me. That just on some fan level thing. So, but I hope he I hope he does it. I hope he delivers. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, I'm rooting for him too, just because of what he's been through. Yeah, man. like I'm definitely he's young. He's 27. He spent like what 21 to 26 in jail. 20 to 26 in jail. Yeah, it's mad. That's a long time. That's a very long time. Lots to talk about. You hope? If some people just don't have the capabilities. Nah, I think he does. I've You've never heard a Hot 32 from Bobby in your life? The first single. That's That, that wasn't bars though. That was more... It was hot though. It definitely was hot. There you go. There you go. It's literally <laughs> called hot. So, you know, salute to Bobby Schroeder, man. A flash in the pan. Nah, it wasn't a flash in the pan. I to me, that kind, them kind of singles, they are flashing. Like Young and Me, all was a flash in the pan for me. There's it's certain only, singles that are just flash in the pan. It's only a flash in the pan if you then can't um, build on it. And, and obviously, Schroeder hasn't had the chance to. Unfortunately, yeah, of course. Whereas Young and Me, you could argue, has. Because she's still making music. She dropped a good album in like, what, 2020, 2019. So, you know. It just depends on how you're looking at it. Yeah. But salute to Schmelder. Um, We're rooting for you. Good luck to you. We're rooting for you. And uh, yeah, man. Looking forward to seeing what happens. So, we're now going to move on to the fun topic for you today. You, man, really got me talking about Roddy Rich and Bobby Schmelder on a Saturday night. Yes. Yes. I genuinely think that was good, though. 
Huh? I think it was a good conversation. Was great, but I, you just guys have just got me doing something that I good. wouldn't usually want to do. You man got me sitting talking about eighties, bro. Respectfully, <laughs> like, it works both ways, bro. You think I listen? No disrespect. Like I love you, man. Not to listening to none of I mean, you. We are here listening talking about art, art school girlfriend, <laughs> the, most, <laughs> the most Peter artist ever. The way he looks down at us, you man yeah. be looking talk about Roddy. Yeah. But you got me talking about no disrespect to any of them. Don't care, bro. They all sound dating. You know what? Let me stop. Yeah. I'm gonna run. Yeah. Relax. I said, cl- cl- go away. Relax. Man. We're playing you, man. Scaremall. Relax. Don't sleep on 80s music, man. No, I'm I'm sleeping. I'm in a coma. Don't sleep on 80s. Well, I'm in a coma, fam. Um, all right. Well, we're gonna move on to the fun topic of today, the last topic for this episode. So we have been mandated by Peter to pick a rapper from the 80s, because obviously in theme, and partner them with a producer from a different era that we feel would be a good match for that rapper. So Peter, wanna go first? Yeah, sure. How many have you got out of Chrissy? Um, I've got three, but I wasn't going to say I knew you would. I wasn't going to say them all. I just, I just didn't know what you guys had. So say all three. I had backup. Um, I've got Big Daddy Kane as the rapper and the producers um, were Puff Daddy and Hitman. Okay. I think that would have been a great marriage. Um, just considering what we said earlier about Kane being slightly too early with marrying hip hop and R&B, I just think, yeah, it would have been dope. Um, I've also got Cool G rapper Rock Marciano. Um, I just think Rock Marciano, for the type of um, way that Cool G rap raps and what he raps about, I just think like Rock Marciano's production would just be perfect for him. And then my last one is Slick Rick and the RZA. I think um, based on, like Ghostface is one of my favorite rappers and storytellers. And he, I think he gets a lot of his um, style from Slick Rick and I just feel like you know the backdrops that RZA gave Ghost I think he could do the same for Slick Rick and just have Slick Rick telling some like amazingly dope stories um, so yeah that's my three interesting yeah fair enough two of them are I've got similar rappers for two of them but um, I'll just go what should I do so mine is I got Big Daddy Kane and I got him linked up with Hit Boy actually mm. I feel like Hit Boy is in the run of his life and he could make a beat for literally anybody. And I feel like Big Daddy Kane could either slow his flow down or not even need to. Hit Boy will meet the demand and they will make an absolute bang. Put a quarter in your ass because you played yourself. <laughs> Sorry. Over a, over a beat like Speechless. That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. I'll call me out of nowhere, man. Sorry. <laughs> Only he would know nah, Big Daddy Kane lyrics off head. When I tell you, Kobe, I know it. I don't know why I know that. That was nasty. I know why you know <laughs> Yo, that. That was nasty. Because you're old. Anyway. Um, Pardon me, because I'm fucking sick with it. See, that was a COVID before, COVID war. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, I think he might have been the first one to use a sick with it, Bardo. Potentially. Yeah, I think he might have been one of the first ones. I feel like uh, eight and a half stepping is probably like performance wise. We probably, we probably rappers probably take a lot more from that than they might know, because mm. eight and a half stepping is probably up there with like best rap performances of all time. So mm. top twenty, I'd say. That's a conversation. That's a de- I was just about to say that. That's definitely. We should definitely make that list one day. Rap performances. Yeah. Drop that. Yeah. Huh? Drop it down. Yeah. Drop it down. Cool. And then my next one, I've also got Slick Rick. Um, and I've got him paired with Madlib. Mm. Um, that would be nice. That would be nice. Um, we had a little taste of that on most Def song auditorium. Um, and I feel like Madlib is an absolute chameleon that 
could give Slick Rick what he needs to put the fire in his belly to make a first album since 1999. Um, so yeah, I feel like that would be amazing. I feel like they would meet each other. And here's the thing, like Slick Rick was rapping over like Indian beats um, with most Def. He could easily rap on anything, like a jazz beat maybe, maybe one of the African joints that Mad Lip has done. Um, maybe some of the more like rapidly rap ones. Um, the, the, it's limitless really what they can do. So um, I'd love to hear that. Um, I'm going to start a petition to make that happen. I was trying to think of a UK producer for Slick Rick when we were talking about this. And I couldn't think of anyone. But I was genuinely racking my brain trying to think what UK producer was Slick Rick. Because I was trying to think, I was trying to pair him with a UK producer and see if that works. But I couldn't, my mind was scrambled. Beat Butcher, potentially. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Beat Butcher might have produced the song, or had a hand in producing some of the songs that Slick Rick did with West Side Gun. Oh, fair enough. Potentially. Mm. But I feel like Beat Butcher could be a good shout. Like, from a modern yeah. perspective. When, when we, this topic came up, we were talking about rappers in their prime, right? And you give them a producer in their prime, what we talk about today. Because I had Rakim and Hitboy. Entirely up to you. So I had Rakim and Hitboy. Okay. okay. And the reason why is because everything that I've seen Hitboy do with Nas, I think he can replicate that with any lyricist, depending on who you give him. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I think if you give Hitboy a rapper, he can work his magic and it will just work. So that's why I paired them two because I was thinking just based on lyricism, who's a rapper's rapper and if you give him Hitboy, it would work. So I'd rack him and Hitboy and I think that'd be an everlasting marriage. It would be. Um, Did you pick Hitboy for Rakim because of Nas? Yeah. And the similarities between Rakim and Nas? No similarities, a little bit, but mainly because cause Nas is a rapper and he's had issues trying to find a producer and Hitboy worked around him. I thought he could do the same for Rakim. Do you get what I mean? Mm. So I thought, and plus he's fruit off Rakim's tree. So mm. I thought it would work as well. Mm. Yeah, it would definitely work. Definitely work. Um, I'd love to hear that too. Yeah, I thought that them two would have been dope together. Mm. What about like Chub Rock? Chub Rock. And Houdini. And like. <laughs> Chub Rock. Chub Rock could be. Um, Only this podcast will say, you know what? Chub Rock could be on a like a primo beat. I feel like. You reckon? Yeah. What about Diddy and Slick Rick? Nah. Nah. Um, what about like Beastie Boys? And Eminem? <laughs> no, I feel like Beastie Boys. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like RZA could nice them. I feel like RZA could nice them. Because RZA lives in that kind of world where he kind of pivot is, he, he can pivot from like rap to rap rock and all that. So I feel like he could he could he could nice the beasties. What about naughty by nature? They're not eighties. They're not eighties, but I'm just saying naughty by nature, because of singing groups. I I oof. J five. <laughs> on the Afro beats. <laughs> on the Afro beat flex. What about um Salt and Pepper? Salt and Pepper. Ooh. Ooh. Toki Monster. <laughs> I've got something for you. Yeah. Random shit, but yeah, fine. You have to give Dre an 80s rapper. Who'd you give him? Probably some West Coast, to be honest. Yeah, like Ice T. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 Or like Cab Kid. Too Short or something. Yeah. I like Too Short. Schooly D. You're a fan of Too Short? I like Too Short. I've got Too Short. I'm not surprised. 
Why? Because he's eighty. <laughs> no, not even that. No, I just like. I just think. I just know. I just. He's like very simplistic, but I, don't know, I just like. I like his persona. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's a good character. Yeah, I just yeah. like his persona. Um, but yeah, that was actually solid list, lads. Salute. Solid list. Thank you. Yours too, man. Hey, man. We try. We do. And with that, we are going to bid you adieu. So thank you very much for listening once again. We back, baby. Uh, we're moving. First we're episode moving. of 2022 is in the books. Um, yeah, man. Thank you very much for listening. Get at us on the socials. We're on at Rhymes Dimes Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you know, tell a friend to tell a friend. Rate us on Spotify. Spotify has introduced a new rating system. So if you go on our show page, you can rate us out of five stars. So please give us a rating. It really helps us grow. Lads, any shout outs you want to make? Um, it's a new year, man, but the same premise, man. Big up Cleo Soul. And, uh, absolutely. They, that's never going to stop. That's never going to stop. <laughs> Do you know what's going to be a fun story on this topic the day that I meet her? I'm, I'll probably find out. That's an intro in it. I'm a, I'll definitely find out. Um, but yeah, big up Cleo Soul always, man. She'll be a guest one day, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. No, um, any shout outs? Nah, man. Um, I got one shot. There was a dickhead in the, when I went to the Nottingham Forest fans against Arsenal match. There was one dickhead I just kept pointing at laughing at my section. I wanted to punch him up. <laughs> so I want to shout him out because he really got my nerves and it worked. Shout out the guy you nearly tumped. Nah, do you know what it is? He was just, oh, you know, there's like- You lost one, that game, didn't you? Yeah, fam. And that's the first away game I went to in my life. Now, you were awful that game, man. Damn. We deserve to lose it, man. Um, I don't think I have any shout outs, but shout out to you guys, the listeners, man. You know, without you. Always. Always. We ain't nothing. So thank Always. you for your continued listenership. You'll hear from us again in two weeks time. But until yeah. then, stay safe, stay blessed, and peace. Peace. Love. Harmony. Sincerity. Oh. Sincerity. Yeah. <laughs>